just things for me. Hello, podcast legends. My name is Ben Greenwood. I'm the off-road performance coach. This podcast is to share with you how we do things at Race Ready Off-Road Coaching. If you want to be a beast on and off the dirt bike, you've certainly come to the right place. Today, we're going to talk about eating around training. Quick one, had to skip an episode last week, had a bit of uh, stuff going down on the home front, so didn't get one in, but got this one for you today. It will be pretty short and sweet. Had a few questions around this and it's probably, honestly, it would be one of the biggest things that I have changed my mind on. Not specifically the eating around training, but the types of food, I suppose, is one of the biggest things that I have changed my mind on in the last sort of eight to 10 years since I started my journey through changing my nutrition. More than, more than, like it was 15 years ago, really, when I first started dabbling with um, playing around with my nutrition, changing things. If you've listened to some of the past podcasts, I won't bore you with all the details today, but I started off my nutrition journey because I figured out that after getting some blood work done that I was actually, despite being super lean, like I was less than 70 kilos, I'd estimate like 8% body fat, had veins on my abs, lean as shit, very, very unhealthy in terms of my blood markers. So that was a big red flag for me that led me down this whole path of learning more about nutrition and figuring out how I could optimize that and with changes in my nutrition. So I went like full blown down the rabbit hole of the keto diet um, and eliminating every single processed food out of my nutrition to the point that it became extremely unhealthy and stressful for me. Like I, it would give me anxiety literally thinking about or contemplating eating processed food or sugar. Like I was that obsessed with it. Like it triggered me aggressively (laughs) to think about eating processed foods. I thought that every person on the planet should stop eating processed foods and sugar and just eat salad and protein. That's and I had to go through that whole process to figure out that despite doing all of that, I didn't actually get any healthier. I probably got worse because what happened when I did that is I, despite removing all of that processed stuff out of my diet, what and I was obviously including some more high quality foods, which was great, but I eliminated a massive amount of calories out of my diet. So I put myself into an even bigger calorie deficit unknowingly, which has, which had negative effect. So I've come to this place now and, and obviously through actually coaching people, coaching clients, I've come to understand that it's like there's this massive spectrum, this massive scale of what it means to eat healthily or healthy nutrition. And everyone is in a different place. 
So I can't just give someone or give everyone, I should say, this hard framework that you have to eat this and you shouldn't eat that. That doesn't work because every single person is like somewhere along that journey, every single person has a different, I guess, idea about what eating healthily actually looks like. So wherever you're at, there's a few main things that take priority. Whatever you think healthy food or healthy eating looks like right now, the main thing is that you are eating enough overall calories to support your energy expenditure each day and each week. You're getting enough fats in your diet to support hormone production, things like that. And you're getting enough protein to support your recovery, brain function, uh, potentially putting on muscle if that's something you wanted to do, repairing injuries, all these types of things. And then obviously your carbs is supporting, again, that's supporting that energy output. So if you're doing a lot of high intensity training, then you're going to need to be including some carbs or I should say more carbs, sorry. So that, they're the main things. As long as we hit those things, what makes up that food is going to be a little bit different between every person depending on where they are at in their nutrition journey. So at the start, the main thing is to make sure we are getting in enough. Then we can begin to look at it and potentially provide some education around types of foods and timing of foods. And we can potentially make some adjustments, say, okay, well, this type of food might be a little bit of a better option. So again, that's the biggest thing that I have changed my mind on in the last sort of 10 to 15 years. Is Like I said, I went through this phase where there's no freaking way in the world I was going to eat sugar or processed food. And I thought that they were actually harming me. So I would go, I would train, fasted. I would go and do like a two, three hour mountain bike ride. And then I would come home and eat some sweet potato and some eggs and then I'd wonder why I would be absolutely floored on the couch for the rest of the day and recovered like I felt like I'd been hit by a train the next day. So now I've kind of come to this place and this is something I find that works again with having coached many, many clients now over the last eight years or so is that that foundation of our food Ideally, that will always be from whole foods. So we're getting, and that's like talking about sitting down to our main meals, whether you're eating two main meals a day, three main meals a day, four main meals a day, whatever that, whatever you break that down to. Ideally, we want those, that nutrition to be coming from mostly whole foods. Pretty simple, fruits, vegetables, lean protein sources, you might have some rice in there, some oats, things like that. They're single ingredient foods. 
that haven't got like a ton of ingredients added to them that you buy off the shelf at the supermarket in a jar. So that's going to be our foundation of our nutrition is sticking to whole foods. Now, what you will begin to realize if you have potentially tracked a little bit of food and maybe you have made that decision to clean up your nutrition a little bit and focus more on whole foods is whole foods have a much lower calorie density compared to some of your more processed type foods. So if you're active, uh, you're training a lot, you're riding your dirt bike potentially, it can actually be quite difficult to get enough calories in just purely from whole foods. Like you can certainly do it. There's no doubt about it. Like you can eat 3,000, 3,500 calories from whole foods. It's just a lot of food. It's a shitload of food. Like three and a half, three thousand 3,000 calories, it's like four massive plates of food. So if you're active, training, maybe you just got a busy job, like it's a full-time job to eat enough food from Whole Foods. Um, and you might potentially struggle to digest all of that food across your day and, and feel not feel bloated, these types of things, when you're actually going to train or, or perform some sort of activity. So to get to the topic of this actual podcast, which is eating around training, like... It's important to understand our digestion takes around about two to three hours, give or take. So ideally, we want to have had like a more of a main meal, I suppose you would say, uh, two to three hours before a training session. That means that meal is going to be digested. We've potentially gone to the toilet and the nutrients from that meal will have like began to make its way into the body and we're utilizing them. So once we get under that, say two to three hour window, we wanna be careful. And this is like, obviously is different with every person, but you just, ideally you don't wanna be including like heaps of fiber, uh, higher fats, sort of any less than two to three hours before a training session. They're two things that will slow down digestion. So more fiber from, from your plant sources, your, your fruits, your veggies, etc. Fats, they're going to slow your digestion down a little bit. So that's just something you want to be aware of and something you can play with. And it, that will also depend on the activity you're doing. Like personally, I know I can, I can trim that window down a lot if I'm going for a mountain bike ride going mountain bike riding or cycling something like this and it's like it's not going to be like a full-blown session where you're redlining your heart rate you can probably get away with that being a lot less because your gut isn't really bouncing around as much i suppose when you're cycling or riding a mountain bike so something like going for a run as an example or doing like a hard strength session or jumping on a rower and maxing out in on intervals then you're going to know about it if you've had like if you sat down to chicken breast broccoli and rice like 60 minutes before you attempt a session like that you're probably going to know about it or, or going for a run so again it's going to depend on the type of exercise you're doing the type of activity 
and you can play with that a little bit. Smoothies are a really good option. If you need to bring that window down, say you have only got 60 minutes, a smoothie is a great option. Obviously a smoothie, a lot of the digestion is already done. So it's a lot easier on your gut. Eggs and white rice, that's a really, that's one of my go-to meals. Again, particularly when I know that window of time is gonna be a little bit less. Eggs and white rice, me personally, I know that that digests very easily. I can have like four eggs and a little bit of white rice and go for a run and be completely fine. But if I had like your, like your chicken, rice and bro broccoli example, something that's going to be a lot, I feel like I'd need to be definitely waiting that two, three hour mark before I went for something like a run or I'd probably get a stitch. So again, that's just something that's going to be personal and it's going to depend on the activity that you're completing, but you can play with that. So then when it comes to actually pre-training, and this is probably, again, one of the biggest things that I have changed my mind on is including carbs 30 minutes pre-training. So this, you don't have to do this, but if it is going to be a high intensity session, so say it might, it might not even be that long. It might just be, say it's 45 minutes, but it's like some really high intensity rowing intervals where you're going to send it hard. Then having your glycogen stores topped off and some glucose floating around in the bloodstream potentially is going to be beneficial. If it's a longer, even just a long strength session that might go over 60 minutes and you're going to be pushing hard, like right through the session or you want to be pushing hard right through the session then include you can play around with including some carbs prior to training so it could be like anywhere from 30 to 80 grams like half a gram to one gram of carbs per kilo of body weight is like a window so as an example like a banana as an example is roughly is about 25 grams of carbs so Again, that's something you can play with when you're getting that close to training and having calories coming in. Ideally, they would be liquid, something that's like very, very easy, simple to digest. So the like some whole foods examples of that, of those options, like if you you are like really set on not having processed foods or sugars, could just be drinking some orange juice or having like a massive spoonful of honey out of a jar of honey. So again, like if I went back 10 years ago, they are two things that I would not do. I was that down the rabbit hole of avoiding sugar and carbs that there's no way in the world I would eat a spoonful of honey and there's no way in the world I would drink orange juice. Like I say, it was borderline psychotic. It wasn't healthy and it didn't lead to good outcomes for me. So now, if I want to stick to like a whole foods type eating plan or nutrition philosophy, like having some, a, a glass of orange juice or some honey, even some honey on some rice cakes. If you look at honey and orange juice as a food, like they're packed full of uh, vitamins, nutrients compared to say a handful of snacks. A handful of snakes or an energy gel, like essentially going to do the same thing in the body. Like the body's going to break that down, 
either one of those things very, very quickly, <clears throat> excuse me, straight into glucose to be used for energy. The orange juice or the honey, as an example, has the added bonus of having a lot more vitamins, minerals, etc. Nutrients in there that you're not going to get from an energy gel or a handful of snakes, some lollies. That doesn't mean the snakes or the energy gels are bad. Like when you are training a lot and you're completing a lot of cardio or a lot of high intensity, riding dirt bikes, lifting some heavy weights, whatever that looks like across your training week, then like, and if you think of that, like an energy gel as an example, it's a hundred calories. So maybe you're eating 3000 calories for the day. That energy gel is like, a fraction of your overall calorie intake. It's like 3%. So it's not going to do you any harm at all. In fact, it's probably going to help you. It's going to allow you to complete your training session at a better quality, at a higher intensity, and probably recover better after it because you actually fueled yourself through that session and didn't starve yourself. Then, like, if you want to stick to the whole food side, then just do just drink orange juice. Like, that's something that I do a lot is drink OJ, like, before my training session and during my training session, is drink, if I want some simple carbs to fuel my session, I drink orange juice. Like I say, heaps of awesome nutrients in there that are going to be super beneficial for us. So, again, that's just something that we can play with. We can play with having some more simple types of carbs, whether you choose a gel, you choose a lolly, or you choose honey or orange juice, doesn't really matter, like it's all simple carbs at the end of the day. And then you can play with that. So you have that 30 minutes before your session, and then you take note of how you felt. How did I feel in that session compared to last week when I had nothing before the session, no carbs before the session? Did I feel like my energy was better? Did I feel like my performance was better? Did I feel like I recovered better after that session? Pretty simple things, right? It's either going to be a yes, a no, or a couldn't tell. You can play with it. Experiment. Most people I know when they include a little bit of carbs like that before a hard session, they're going to feel better. They feel better performance and feel better recovery. So again, it's something we can we can play with. When we're like when we've got a high level of glycogen turnover, we need to support that with carbs. It's not like I'm not saying just bang down energy gels and, and guzzle down orange juice while you're sitting on the couch watching Netflix. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. We our foundation of nutrition and our main meals are made up good quality whole foods and then around these training sessions where they are a little bit higher intensity or it's long like going for it, even just the zone two effort that's long still gonna you're still gonna deplete yourself of glycogen so if we're performing a lot of these efforts across our week that are depleting our glycogen we need to be supporting that with getting enough carbohydrates into our diet that's what our body turns carbohydrate into 
is glycogen. We store that glycogen in the muscles and use it for that fast burning energy. We've got around about, depending on the uh, intensity of exercise, around about 60 to 90 minutes worth. So again, if you're in, if your session is going to be super high intensity or it's going to be long, if it's going to go for longer than 60 minutes and it's going to be hard, you're probably going to feel some benefits, including some simple carbs before that training session. So a little bonus tip. This is for those of you out there, because I know there'll be plenty of you listening to this that want to drop some body fat. You want to get shredded. So, and there's pro- and the flip side of that coin is there's going to be some of you listening to this who either, one, want to improve your performance and just like train better, train harder for longer, or potentially two, put on some muscle. Like you actually want to grow a little bit of muscle. Maybe you're a young dude who wants who's going to be jumping onto a 450. In the next couple of years, you want to be able to manhandle that thing. Or you're like me, you're an older dude, and you know there's a direct correlation with the amount of muscle mass you have on your body and the quality of your life as you age. So if you can be putting on a little bit of muscle as you get older, that's like a really good thing. That's a really good sign that your body is in a great place and you're probably going to have a good quality of life as you age as opposed to someone who is withering away and losing muscle mass. So the weight loss tip, real simple, don't drink any calories, no liquid calories. So all of those things that I just mentioned, you're not going to do it. The, the, the carbs around training, you're not doing that. You're not doing the carbs around training. You're just going to stick to your main meals. If this is if your goal is to drop body fat. And the reason I say this is very, you could simply, this is a hypothetical situation. If you are consuming liquid calories now, which most people are, and most people are completely unaware of how many calories they're actually taking in from liquid sources, whether it's putting sweetener, creamer, butter, milks in your coffees, sodas, sports drinks, alcohol, even like orange juice. If you are consuming lots, or I shouldn't say lots, but you're consuming some calories from liquid sources, if you just remove them, that could potentially be three to 500 calories easily, sometimes more, depending on what you're doing. Because most people who want to lose weight, it's painful for them or it's difficult for them to change what they're eating. If you're taking in liquid calories, you could just remove the liquid calories. Don't drink any calories. Just drink water and electrolytes. There's plenty of good electrolyte supplements out there that are zero calorie with high levels of electrolytes, which will actually make your water taste decent. So you can even put it in like sparkling water so it like it tastes like a fizzy lemon drink or whatever that gets you across the line to drink more without taking in calories. You can do that. Just remove those liquid calories and eat the exact same thing that you're eating now. The exact same meals, provided that you're hitting your protein target for the day. So you getting enough protein in and you could just eat the exact same thing that you're eating right now. So there's no, um, there's nothing you have to change. There's no barrier, there's no barrier to entry there in terms of changing your nutrition. 
just take the liquid calories out, you've just created a 500 calorie deficit, bang, you start losing weight. That simple. Because the thing with liquid calories, even like orange juice, that's a whole food liquid calorie, you don't, you're not going to feel full after sculling 500, uh, 500 calories worth of orange juice. It's not going to fill you up. It's a, it's a simple form of carbohydrates and it's liquid. Any liquid form of calories is not going to fill you up. It's not going to satiate you. So by removing it, you're not really going to feel anymore. You're not going to feel like you're hungry because you're still eating the same meals across your day that are satiating you. You've just cut out 500 calories potentially worth from liquid sources. Hello, fat loss. We start dropping weight. Tip number two is if the performance tip, okay, I either, one of these two things, I want to crush my sessions harder and feel like I've got the intensity to push on longer, harder sessions, or I actually want to put on some mass. I'm, I'm like, I'm training hard, but I just don't seem to be putting on mass or I just can't put on muscle. Liquid calories. Hello. Easy way for you to get your calorie intake up again without having to put more food on your plate. Because like I say, there's you're gonna everyone's gonna be a little bit different, but there's gonna be this point where you get to like a shitload of food on your plate, especially when you're eating whole food and you're like, like I can't eat anymore. And if you want to put on mass and you're not putting on mass, then a simple way to get your calories up without having to just eat more food on your plate and potentially affect your digestion is liquid calories. So consuming more liquid calories. And again, ideally, we would want to be consuming them around the training, pre, during, post training. So the post training meal, this is another big question that people ask about eating around training. Everyone like talks about that 30 minute window of, of um, getting, crushing a protein shake. Um, so that 30 minute window, the best way I've heard it described is it's more like a barn door. The 30 minute window doesn't matter if you need to ask yourself these questions first. Did you eat a proper meal two hours before the training session? Did you fuel during the training session? Will you be training again in the same day? They're three very important questions. If you trained fasted, so say it's an early morning session, you didn't have a proper meal before it, you might have just had like a tiny snack or thrown down a banana before you trained at 5.30 in the morning as an example. Uh, maybe it was a really big session, a hard session or a long session, like say like a t even just a two-hour zone two effort but you didn't fuel, you didn't take in, any, take in any calories during that session, or you might be going to complete a second training session. So maybe you did eat your breakfast, maybe you did fuel a little bit in that session, but you perform that session at 9 a.m. and you're going to go ride your dirt bike at 2 p.m. or you're going to do another training session at 2 p.m. Then eating within 30 minutes of your workout will most likely be beneficial. If you've got 24 hours, so say you're training in the afternoon, say you train at four o'clock, you've had breakfast, you've had lunch, 
you might have had a little snack before you train. You go do your training session. You're not going to eat dinner for two hours. But you're not going to train until the next day at 4 p.m. Probably doesn't matter. The 30-minute window doesn't matter because you've eaten your breakfast, you've eaten your lunch, maybe had a snack before you trained. So those the nutrients from those meals are in your bloodstream while you are training. Then you also have another 24 hours before you're going to train again. So you're going to have another three meals, even though it's two hours after you train, you're going to have dinner, you're going to get up the next day, have breakfast, you're going to have lunch, and then you're going to have another snack before you train the next day again at 4 p.m. So your body is going to get everything it needs to recover before that next training session. The 30-minute window like, really doesn't matter unless you are fasted, unless it was a really freaking hard session or a long session or you're going to back up. If you're doing two sessions in a day, much more important because if you want to be energized in that second session in a day, obviously you want to be fast track in that recovery as quickly as you possibly can. So again, it's just something you can play with, but people get obsessed about like crushing a shake 30 minutes after they train but they don't actually train very hard or the rest of their nutrition is shit. It like that 30 minute window doesn't really matter. Um, but when it comes to that post training meal, like ideally again, it's high carb and good serve of protein. So if you were going to have something, so in that example where you're training two sessions in the day and you're going to have something within 30 minutes of that first session, it would be a good idea to keep that to a more liquid form, something that's easy to digest. Like again, a smoothie is a really great option in that scenario because you are going to digest it pretty quick. Ideally, it would have like 35 to 50 grams of protein, anywhere from 100 to 120 grams of carbs. And again, pretty low in fiber, pretty low in fat because we want that to digest really quickly because we're going to train again in three hours or whatever that looks like. So that's a little framework you can use there if you are going to back up two sessions in a day. That also works good after a race, like if a lot of our races in Australia are two days, so you race a three hour, then you're coming back the next day to race sprints. So that option, that liquid option of high carb, high protein within 30 minutes, definitely a good option when you when you're racing back-to-back days. And then obviously after that, you would have just a normal solid meal and the same situation if you've got 24 hours to your next training session, then that post-training meal, like a solid meal, basically just wants to be a good balanced meal. It can have fiber in it. It can have fats in it because you're not training again for another 24 hours in that example. Or if you're racing, you're not racing again till the next morning, which is more than 12 hours away. So you've got plenty of time to digest it. You just want to be getting a good quality balanced meal in that hits all your targets of having some good serve of protein, fats, little, uh, sorry, a little bit of fats, a heap of carbs, and some fiber in there from your veggies or salad or whatever that looks like. So they're just some ideas you can play with when it comes to eating around training that you most likely feel some benefits from. 
like I say, it's a little bit of a moving target for everyone and there's no like exact science to it. Everyone's going to be a little bit different, but there are some metrics that you can play with around your training and see if you feel like there's any difference. If you would like a little bit more information, I'm going to drop a link in the show notes of this episode. I just worked on a new uh, race ready fuel guide that I've given my clients and I'm making it available for, for the next few weeks as a free resource. So you can download that through the link in the show notes of this episode. So everything we just spoke about is in there plus a ton of information, just basic nutrition information, how to plan your week when it comes to putting your meals together your overall calories, the energy intake. It's even got a hydration strategy in there for a three-hour cross-country race and a bit of a sample meal plan. Like I say, it's not a rigid plan of eat this and eat and don't eat that. It is a framework. It's a guide to give you knowledge on how you can construct your nutrition plan week to week around training and on race day. So if you would like more info on that or you think that would be helpful, like I say, Click that link, you'll be able to download it. You'll also go onto a list. I am going to run a live call later in January where it will be a deep dive into nutrition and supplementation. So I'm going to open it up to the public. Anyone who wants to come onto that can come onto that. It's just like a no obligation not like a sales pitch or anything. It's just a live group call that I'll be doing. My clients will be on there. Anyone else who wants to come on there can come on there. It'll be around about 60 minutes. We'll take a deeper dive into all of uh, the topics that are in the Race Ready Fuel Guide. Um, A lot more sort of, I guess, how-to of how to apply it to your situation. And we'll also include a bit more stuff around supplementation. And I'm hoping to have one of my mentors on there who is right into obviously the supplementation side and he has a ton of knowledge around blood work gut health all those types of things so he'll be sharing a little bit of his wisdom and knowledge um, around how we can sort of apply that health side um, and sort of marry that up with the performance side that we're looking for when we're when we're racing dirt bikes so you can sign up for that and get the free download and like i say you'll go on the list to be the first to know uh, about when that live call um, is coming up. Looking like it's going to be around, we're moving into a new house on the 12th of January. So it's going to be towards the end of January. Um, hopefully we can get settled in the new ranch within five days or seven days. And then the week after that, I will look to um, do the live call. But we'll get it scheduled in and you guys will be the first to know and if you'd like to jump on that call and learn a little bit more to get your nutrition dialed in for 2024, you can do that. Otherwise, like always, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening and we will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye-bye.